Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's going on with you guys? Are you guys good? You know, we've had little tit-for-tats over things that I'm, like, questioning because I'm like, okay, maybe I don't know him as well as I thought I did. But it's not only that, it's social media. That can affect relationships, it's affected yours. In the back of my mind, I can't stop thinking about who's leaving this fire emoji to you. I think I'm stressing out because I'm thinking and feeling the worst right now. And I've had past relationships like this and I don't want to feel that again. to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Cara Berry 90 day fiance edition y'all it was a season finale I'm hoping it's season and not series finale of Darcy and Stacey of course we all know that they officially announced uh Darcy and Florian nope Darcy and Georgie that they are engaged they're still engaged I'm praying y'all prayers up for a wedding special it's going to be a disaster. Darcy's going to act like Darcy. <laughs> and I need to have eyes on every moment, every planning stage, every, you know, period where Stacy acts jealous of Darcy and Darcy acts jealous of Stacy. I'm so excited and here for it, but let's talk about the finale. So, Stacey and Florian are packing for their honeymoon in Rhode Island. And you guys, can we get a single clap for Florian doing the nicest, most romantic thing to Stacey he's done all season, which is pack up her weave in his luggage so that he can, you know, just in case she has a hair emergency. Love that. They've been married a month now and Stacey's like, you know what? I honestly don't really care about what Florian has done to me in the past. I don't care about that woman back in wherever the fuck he's from. Not Moldova. I don't know. (laughs) Wherever he's from. And she's moving on. She says, I've cried all the tears that I can cry. And I'm just not even going to worry about it anymore. I'm just not. So. Okay. Okay, I guess. (laughs) Both of them, Florian and Stacey are both serving about three different looks. And, you know, I'm always like very confused about where these people shop. 
where, why, but it's a lot of look. So let's just talk about what's happening. Stacey is giving us kind of a signature look. It's like Darcy and Stacey give us like one of like maybe three or four vibes, which is like all white, blingy, um, rock leather kind of thing. Or this look that we're seeing is like Brett Michaels meets like Mary Kate and Ashley like 2008, the boho era of Mary-Kate and Ashley. So she's giving, you know, that, that Brett Michaels head wrap to disguise whatever horror national, <laughs> national terror, terror is happening under her, um, under that scarf. I can't, I can't even imagine, cannot imagine what's happening with all the weaves and extensions. And yeah, this is a, like a long flowy top. There's a white crop top, not quite sports bra, not quite tube top, but it does seem to have a built-in bra that we see later in the episode. A lot of things are happening here, but you know what? That's our Stacy. Florian, on the other hand, is giving like a hipster. He's got a fedora like way back in the head. And then he's got these like aviator, I don't know if they're glasses or sunglasses because they're clear-ish, but then when the light hits it in a certain way, it's got this like blue reflective film off of it. So you can see his eyes, but there's also like a sheen of blue happening. And then he's got this like tight black, you know, European cut v-neck long sleeve top which that isn't surprising what's surprising is what's happening really between his head and the rest of his body so his neck it's like a i mean i'm not even gonna say it's diamond come on it's like moissanite if it's anything um chain it's a thick chain it's so thick it's almost like a ruth bader ginsburg collar <laughs> And against the black of his shirt, there's just a lot happening. I don't understand. He pulled out all the subs. He's like, this is our last day, couple days of filming. So I'm going to get all my outfits in. You're going to see everything that I've got in the wardrobe, okay? Of course, they can't have their honeymoon in Rhode Island alone. So we know that Darcy and Georgie are going to be joining. Okay. I mean, they can't even spend two days apart. <laughs> Part of this is like, okay, I understand this is filming, but you have to like tap into the psyche of the Silva twins. Like I'm the third, I'm the triplet, I'm a Silva triplet. And I know that a lot of this is just going to be like a ping ponging back and forth of them celebrating their respective relationships and trying to one up each other, which is why I watch the show. Like it's no shade. This is pure entertainment enjoy for me so of course you know Darcy and Stacey are driving separately and they're kind of going through it because Georgie posted a picture of himself leaning up against Darcy's you know Range Rover and in those like Versace fake Versace pants and some chick commented with a fire emoji. 45-year-old Darcy 
is upset because a woman commented with a fire emoji. Granted, this woman is an ex of Georgie's, but this is like a years ago ex. It's not his ex-wife. This is a long time ago. So, <laughs> Georgie, and I love him for this, is like, you know what? I'm a good-looking guy. She's going to have to get used to the fact that women appreciate what I'm giving. I'm giving you muscle. I'm giving you long, flowy, romance novel Fabio hair. I'm giving you abs. I'm giving, um, you know, like a like a fake designer look. I'm giving probably... It, Georgie has like big, you know, motivational speaker vibes. You know what I mean? Like, like Instagram motivational speaker. Like he'll post a picture of himself shirtless and be like, you know... We all have the same 24 hours in the day. Make use of it, you know, as he's posted up on his girlfriend's car because he doesn't have his own, you know. Um, so he basically just like he's talked to this girl a year ago. She occasionally comments on his Instagram. It's really not that big of a deal to him. Then we see this very weird scene in which... Darcy's like, you know, just because we're twins, I'm, uh, you know, don't get the wrong idea. Like you're not getting two for one special here just because you called out Stacy's name the other day and Florian, not Florian, Georgie starts to laugh and he seemed kind of embarrassed. I'm assuming what happened is that he called her the wrong name at the wrong time. He called her Stacy. In a sexual moment? Ugh. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I don't know why this came up. It, there really was no explanation for it. Darcy all of a sudden gets upset about Georgie thinking that there might be a two-for-one special. I don't know. I have a lot of questions and I do not need them answered. Don't need to know. Don't want to know. Don't need to know. So they all have dinner. Everything's fine at first. She, you know, Darcy's a little bit on edge, but you know, they're making it through. Georgie cooks what looks like a very nice looking meal for everybody. And Darcy ruins it <laughs> by saying, I'm still mad about this Instagram situation. And you know what, Georgie? Uh, I looked at this chick's Instagram and so you told me that you talked to her a year ago and I see that she's pregnant. Do you have anything to do with that? <laughs> and Georgie just starts laughing at like, this is ridiculous. He's like, I talked to her on Instagram a year ago. I haven't had sex with her in seven years. So unless uh, she can get pregnant via Instagram, you know, what are we talking about here? So he is just like, you know, because he's being so flippant about it and he has every right to be because this is a ridiculous thing to claim. Darcy and Stacey are going back and forth like, is that your baby? Is that your baby? Georgie? They, he's laughing. Darcy gets up from the table all upset. <sighs> he like clearly doesn't want to get up and follows her. So Stacy follows her. Darcy's crying right by the kitchen island. She's wearing a hat and she eventually takes the hat off because Stacy's hugging her so tight. And what we see, oh man, under that hat, 
What a tangled web that weave is. <laughs> what a disaster. How are these? These chicks have too much money for their hair to be looking this crazy. I don't know if like Connecticut has a, I don't know, like a low qualified, low number of qualified hairstylists. That can't be, that can't be right. Connecticut is a very fine place. I don't understand, like, do the hairstylists that they have hired, do they hate them? Are they mad at them? Like, what's really going on? Do they just not have any idea of how to maintain their hair? And they try to make it last as long as possible? Is this like a Kim Zolciak situation? I, I remember one time Kim said that she and Brielle only get their lips done in L.A., so because they go so infrequently... They just like pump and plump and plump and plump those lips up because those shits have to last another nine months until they can hop on a plane to LA again. And so that's why you see their lips looking so crazy. Uh, is this what's happening? Is that they're just like, we can't deal with the maintenance. And so what you get is a hot mess. Oh, sweetie. Sweetie. I, I imagine like the person who has to do hair and makeup for them when they do those sit down interviews. It must take hours. And they're just like, you know what? We're just going to put your hair up. We're just going to put it all, push it all to the side. Whatever happens in the back is just what happens. <laughs> those poor ladies. So Georgie ends up getting up and he, he says like, I feel like she's trying so hard to create red flags with me and I've really given her no reason to think that I am not to be trusted or that I've done anything to her at all and I get it and so at this point he starts getting annoyed with her and it makes total sense so it's the next day they all go to the beach and you know apparently they got into it later that night and I Darcy thankfully is actually a little bit embarrassed for how she acts so the next day she's like you know what I did apologize to him last night I'm embarrassed that I did all of this stuff and I just kind of like want to make it you know get over it Georgie's definitely over it he's over her and he's like I'm getting annoyed I don't know if this is worth it we keep fighting all the time we're always getting into it she's always finding the tiniest little thing to get upset with me about something that I didn't even do and it's getting frustrating so he is like not even talking to her while they're at the beach it's very awkward at one point he gets up and goes to walk and he's like just leave him he just needs a space like don't worry about it so Florian gets up and they have a conversation uh down the beach a ways and he's like I just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with her. She's always finding every little thing to fight about. And I've like, like I said, I've not done anything to make her not trust me. Florian's like, you know, I've been in the family, Stacy, for five years now. And, you know, you should just trust her, <laughs> be patient with her and she'll get over it. That's just how she is. <laughs> Georgie's like, well, do you think that I should like propose to her to make it better? <laughs> like, uh... And Lauren's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Damn right, Georgie, Florian. What? I can't with these people. I'm, I can't. Anyway, so Georgie and Darcy end up going on a boat. Her titties are 
out. She's in this dress. It's like a keyhole dress, but you know, ooh, titties busting. They're sitting on this lake on this boat. And she's like, you know what? It really reminds me of the first time that we met down in Miami. And, you know, it was just like so romantic and great. But like, I'm still going to keep my foot on that gas and tell him. <laughs> but like, you know, I just feel like you're hiding stuff from me. And while this boat is very romantic, it's not going to be enough to make me trust you. What does he need to not trust? What? Why do you not trust him? <laughs> Literally, it's just bringing all of her emotional baggage from her last relationships into this one. And those two guys, Jesse and Tom gave her every reason in the world to not trust them. And now Georgie is the one who has to pay for it. So she keeps creating this whole thing of like, I just don't know how to trust you. What are you going to do? How are you going to prove it to me? And he's like, He's like, I'm, I am hiding things, but I'm hiding good things. And then he takes the ring out and proposes to her. And by that, I mean, he basically is like, do you want this? <laughs> she just stares at him, takes his hand and puts it on her titty over her heart. And he's like, do you want to be with me or no? <laughs> True, true romance. And she's like, are you gonna, can I trust you? Is this real? And he's like, lady, are we getting married or not, basically? (laughs) And so he puts a ring on her. Of course she, you know, the waterworks begin. And then Darcy talks about how, you know, like, I've waited my whole life for this. I guess we're supposed to forget that she has been married before, but whatever. And then we get flashbacks to (laughs) Jesse getting down on one knee, opening a ring box and telling her that that isn't an engagement ring. And Tom opening a ring box at dinner to find out that it's like one of those fucking, you know, commemorative keys from the Harry Potter collection. And, you know, just like flop after flop, for her thinking that she's going to get proposed to. <laughs> and then they pull the rug out from under her. Poor thing. Oh my gosh. I guess it's supposed to be a romantic moment. Okay. <laughs> so then we, uh, they go back to have dinner with Stacy and Florian. And, you know, Darcy's on, you know, on the moon and she has, I think Stacey's really going to be happy that I got engaged on her honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she's thrilled. Um, So, (laughs) you know, Darcy breaks the good news to them. And then they both, like, make this, like, scrunch up, you know, all those fillers and Botox just, like, trying to cry. Stacey gets up and hugs Darcy and is like, Darcy, Darcy, you did it. Stacey, this isn't an interview, you know. I'm happy because the night before was so bad. I just think that the fact that he proposed to her proves that he's not going to give up on her. Like, basically, <laughs> Darcy's such a dramatic monster that the fact that he would even think to propose to her after she behaved so horrific- horrifically is just proof that he actually is in love with her because, my God, my sister is a nutbag. <laughs> so... 
that was basically the end of the episode, the end of the season. Oh my. Please, y'all, write into TLC and tell them that we deserve a Darcy and Georgie wedding special. I don't want it to be part of season two. I want it to be a dedicated, uh, say, four to six part wedding special. And then we can move on to Darcy and Stacey season two. Did you guys like the season? Let me know what you think. All right, let's move on to 90 Day the Other Way. I love you, baby. We're so soft. The last thing I remember is telling the doctors just to give me a minute so I could calm down. And then I woke up to see my beautiful little baby boy sucking on my boob. All right, so before I get into the recap of 90 Day the Other Way, I wanted to talk about this article that came out last week from the Ashley's Reality Roundup.com. And it's all about, you guessed it, Dark Princess of the Underworld, Drusilla, and her behavior during filming. So <laughs> it says basically there's a production team member um that was had been spilling tea about her and according to sources <laughs> they show the reason why they show that scene of Drusilla running into the street was to basically not make an example out of her but show an example of how awful she is and how poorly behaved she is so they said that Drusilla's behavior shown on the other way was just a small part of what actually went down during filming. Devon reportedly remained unbothered by her mother daughter's actions, despite the child being, quote, extremely hard to handle. Um, it goes on to say that constant interruptions were another thing production had to deal with when filming scenes with Devon and her children, resulting in the crew working excessive hours in order to get required shots. Also constant, the source claims, were the complaints, which contributed to production deciding to include the clip of Drusilla running into the street. <laughs> so they said, they do clarify that the source of frustration is not at Drusilla, it's actually Devin, because she does, she makes absolutely no attempts to discipline her child and try to control her. Um, the insider claimed that things became so bad at one point that Sharp Entertainment, uh, the production company, sent a head producer to intervene as the field producer could no longer handle shooting with Devin and her family. The head producer allegedly found shooting with Devin and co to be a challenge as well, calling the experience very difficult. Um, yeah, basically <laughs> she's just so bad. Devin's doing absolutely nothing to alleviate the situation and they're sick of her. So y'all know, remember that I talked about the allegations against Jihoon that Devin had made about Jihoon being abusive. Apparently she also made these claims about his parents being abusive towards Drusilla. He came back and said, it's a lie. She's lying about him and his parents. Um, she said that Drusilla yelled at his mom because they couldn't communicate at all because, you know, they don't speak the same language. And his mother got angry and yelled back at her. <laughs> but no physical, no abuse really happened between them. Jihoon says, Devin made claims saying that Drusilla told Devin that I had been abusing Drusilla. Drusilla told the truth that there was nothing to be said later on. And Devin was still going for the separation without confirming it with me. So they've gotten a divorce. She has a new boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. He also said, 
When I tried to show Drusilla right from wrong or even disciplining, both Devin and Drusilla rejected the growing pains. Devin didn't accept any type of discipline or helping her child become an amazing young girl. Drusilla was enrolled in an English academy in Korea, and I would get calls from the director that Drusilla was hitting, spitting, screaming, and pulling other kids' hair and the teacher's hair, so I would come down to the school and try to talk to Drusilla the best I could, but she wouldn't listen. She would continue with the same tactics. Now, you know, do I think that, that I mean, if I had to pick sides, obviously I would go with Jihoon. I I mean, it's very evident that, uh, that Devin does nothing from what we've seen on television. She really doesn't do anything to try to discipline Drusilla. Her attempts are very uh, lackadaisical, we could say. I still have like haunting memories of her, of Devin making a bunch of eggs for the family, Jihoon and her, his parents, Drusilla is sitting on the counter of the kitchen and Devin puts an entire bowl of eggs that she just cooked directly in front of Drusilla. What happens? Drusilla puts her grubby little hands right in that bowl and starts eating it like it's her bowl of, and it was her bowl of eggs after that. Why? Why? <laughs> like, that's all I needed to see that no discipline is happening with Drusilla. Like, first of all, she doesn't need to be on the counter. Secondly, what do you think is going to happen when you put a bowl of food right in front of a toddler that has no discipline? Do you think that she's not going to just dive in? Come on. Come on. Um, There was, you know, you guys, do I need to talk about Paul and Karini and how they're back? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Together. Karini and Paul decided to name the um, child that she's pregnant with, Ethan. He's a boy, another boy. I mean, oh, Lord, Lord in heaven, help us all. They are, I mean, I feel for Karini. This is clearly an abusive situation, mentally, emotionally. I I feel bad for her and I feel like she probably would not have stayed with Paul had it not been for the fact that she was pregnant again. So like that really sucks. It's a real shame. I mean, we're just going to see this happening over and over and over again. And, you know, it's really sad. It's really, really sad. I do kind of want to talk about this one story because it's so bizarre and it's just a an example of how manipulative and also very stupid and petty and dramatic Paul is. So a few months ago, he was claiming that Karini had intentionally put glass in some of his food. So he addressed that. He filed a police report because of this alleged glass incident, but then he went back and explained what happened. He said, that I should never put on there. She never poisoned my food. Karini never poisoned my food. That never happened. There was an incident, which is why I had concern. Then he says, there was an incident where we had some Dairy Queen and there's some glass in it and things like that. I don't think she did it. It was concerning to me that it was there. That was it. So I kind of put it out there, kind of put it out there, meaning you filed a formal police report against your wife. Um, but it happened. I originally got mad and got frustrated with Dairy Queen, so I emailed corporate. And a couple days later, I found a broken snow globe. This broken snow globe I had found close by had the same broken glass shards that were in my Dairy Queen ice cream. Obviously, I knew Dairy Queen wasn't involved at that point. It was a mistake on their part. Somehow it may have happened accidentally. I don't know. Somehow a broken shard from the snow globe got in my blizzard. Maybe it accidentally fell and broke and somehow it jumped up and fell in that blizzard. Weirder things have happened. (sighs) Paul then says, you know, if Karini and her family really wanted me dead, they could have killed me a long time ago. And that I fully agree with. (laughs) I mean, his, her um, father is a police officer. She could have done it. I don't know if she would. Anyway, um, let's move on to 90 Day the Other Way. I'm going to start with Devin and Jihoon, I guess. They had really, they we really only saw them in the beginning of the episode. Not a whole lot. They are on an upswing. Things are going really well for them. They moved into their permanent apartment and permanent apartment. It looks big and nice and sunny and better than all the apartments that we've ever seen them in. She's very happy. Jihoon's actually, you know, outweighing the work, his work to nap ratio and is doing what he needs to be doing. He's an active parent. He's taking care of Young at night when he gets home from work. Devin is really happy with him. 
So we see them like, you know, moving their stuff in. <laughs> this is why Jihoon kills me. Jihoon cracks me up. So Devin is putting their clothes in the wardrobe and she's like, Ugh, you have more clothes than me. He's like, yeah, because I'm a fashionista. <laughs> they also got a new puppy that they named Bam Bam because his parents really were missing their little chicken nugget dog. So they got another dog to replace him. The puppy is peed all over their rug. And Devin decides to clean this rug. So this is like a full-size rug. Thick. You know, it's not like a bath mat. It is a full living room size rug. Her solution to that is to, and I understand you guys, maybe there's no washer. or Maybe it doesn't fit in the washer because it's so large. So she puts the rug in the bathtub with some laundry detergent. Now, granted, she does say, can we just get a new rug? Like, why do I have to sit here and clean this? I would have just gotten a new one. So she does what she says, uh, allegedly she saw on YouTube and sitcoms, which is to just put the rug in the bathtub, let the water run, and just like very gingerly step on the rug as if that's going to get dog pee out. Help us all, help us all. Jihoon is upset because the bathroom, the toilets don't have a bidet. (laughs) And even though I hate potty talk, poop humor, toilet talk, all of the above, I literally could have watched this for an hour. (laughs) Jihoon's pissed because he's concerned about his anal. He means his anus, but he keeps saying anal. It's like, my anal's getting dirty. Devin's like, bidets cost five or six hundred dollars. We can't pay for it. And he's like, no, we deserve it. My poor anal. He <laughs> he was like, do you always use just toilet paper to clean yourself? She's like, yeah. Jean's like, but don't you scratch your anal? Like, that's disgusting. You're a dirty person. She's like, no, I'm not dirty. He's like, okay, well, let me see your anal. Show me your anal right now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Devin, unfortunately, changes the subject. So they had like a like a small traditional wedding ceremony last time she was in Korea. But she wants like the big wedding of her dreams. And so they're planning that. She says, you know, I, I still kind of think of you as a boyfriend. He's like, yeah, I think about you as a girlfriend, too. Like, I don't really think of us as being married. So they're trying to plan this like wedding. And yeah, that's basically it. Devin wants Drusilla to be the flower girl. I mean... Who knows if she'll eat them all, if they'll even, if those little petals will make it down the aisle, if she'll make it down the aisle, if she's going to run up and, you know, attach herself to the ceiling and then fly off. I don't know who's to say, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, let's move on. We didn't have any Jenny and Sumit. Well, let's move on to Binyam and Ariella. So... Ariel is in bed waiting for her C-section. Binyam is terrified. She's like, what's wrong? He's like, well, I'm just scared. I don't want the baby to die. Why would you tell her that right before she's about to get a C-section? Sir. <laughs> I've been seeing people and I've had friends reach out and be like, why is it? <laughs> why is it 
what is it about Ariella going through this situation that's so funny? And I just, I can't pinpoint it. But you guys, I fully agree. It's, I, I crack up the whole time and I don't know why. It, <sighs> Ariella's not like, she's certainly not the worst woman that we've seen go to Africa. She's not the best, but I mean, she's certainly no baby girl Lisa. She's certainly no Angela. Of of all the white women that have gone to Africa <laughs> and tried to impose their American ways, she's doing the best she can. Well, she's not doing the best she can. She's doing the best, all things considered. We'll, we'll put it that way. Um. So then she calls and she's like, Mom, I'm about to have this baby right now. And her mom's like, damn, like, I wish I could be there. Uh, Good luck. Call me when you're done. <laughs> so... The nurse comes and they wheel her out to the room and she starts crying. She's crying so hard that they are like, we can't even like, girl, you need to stop crying. We can't even administer the anesthesia that we would normally give you so that you can stay awake. And you're just like numb from the bottom down. Like you got to chill out, girl. She it doesn't want to stop crying. She doesn't want anybody to tell her to stop crying. <laughs> and she doesn't want the anesthesia. She's crying so hard. So they're like, you know what? We're just going to have to give you general anesthesia. Pop that thing over her mouth and night, night, Ariella. Sorry. You, you don't want to play by the rules. So we're going to have to knock your ass out. So they, you know, she has a baby full c-section nothing seems to be wrong baby comes out baby's not crying at first they have you know he's got a little bit of a respiratory issue but they put give him some oxygen it all seems like it's you know maybe a couple minutes at max but i imagine that that could feel like hours when you're waiting to hear your baby cry but eventually he does everything's fine doesn't seem to be any issues with him ariella's still knocked out but they say you know we only put them under anesthesia for like 30 45 minutes you know, we're very used to these medical procedures. We know how long it takes. It's not that big a deal. She'll wake up. She'll be totally fine. So the next scene we see Ariella, she's breastfeeding the baby. She's, you know, in her bed. She's like, you know, the last thing I remember is telling the doctor to give me a minute to calm down. And then I woke up to this beautiful little boy sucking on my titty. I mean, that's not what she said, but you know, boob. We'll say boob. <laughs> And listen, girl, like, I've been in similar situations. <laughs> I have, and I'm just kidding. Um, have I? I don't know. Um, so, you know, Ariella is saying, you know, I always wanted to be a mom, but I didn't know if I was ready. And then one day I realized I didn't have a choice. And this sounds a lot like her, her birthing situation. <laughs> Wasn't ready to have that kid. And then, you know. I wake up and I have one. <laughs> so, um, what happens after that? So, I don't know. <sighs> Do we need to talk about Ariella's eyebrows? Do we? They've been on a journey and like eyebrows are a really sensitive subject for me. I'm very critical of people's eyebrow situation. And <sighs> are, why? Why? Listen, it seems like she has 
very long eyebrows like they're not supposed to go past the corner of your out the outside corner of your eye and they seem to go like almost into her hairline <laughs> and that's not her fault that's just the genetics but what she does with the drawing over the eyebrows to try to make them fuller is a real journey and a real choice for me and I just I I would like to have answers as to why she continues to do that but Thank God. I don't know if like one of the nurses were like, please, I can't look at this anymore. And they wiped her makeup off. But her eyebrows looked way, way better after she gave birth. And I would have been that nurse. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Um, Binion's mom calls, no, Binion calls Ari's mom, Janice, and tells her about the baby. He goes back into the room and then Ari gets on the phone with her mom and she's like you know I think I'm gonna come next week I'm trying to figure out tickets with your dad and stuff I- I'll let you know call me later so then Binyam's family shows up and they're like oh what's the name so Binyam wants to name the kid Gabriel but Ari doesn't want to name him that because they don't she doesn't want his nickname to be Gabe so I don't want people in America calling him Gabe she wants to name him Aviel, so his nickname will be Avi. They have not come to terms on what they should name their baby, so they tell us that his nickname for now is Simba. I have questions. I I mean, later it seems very evident that Binyam knows about the Lion King. And I know that Simba is Swahili for Lion. But I just, I, I just wish I could have been in the room for that first conversation. I need to know who brought up naming this, nicknaming this child Simba. Because if it was Ariella, ma'am. <laughs> if it was Binyam, fine. If it was Ariella, I... Is that the only African name that you could... That you've ever heard of? I I just have questions. It made me cringe. It made me cringe. Lord help us. Lord help us all. So, her family... His family also wants to know, because they're, you know, Orthodox Christian... If he's going to be baptized or not. And we all saw that uh, baptism conversation where they go to the church and they're talking about possibly converting, which Ariel is like, I'm not. I'm going to remain being Jewish. And <laughs> the guy was like, well, the baby can't be baptized because he's not suckling from a Christian breast. So that's still very much up in the air because his mom, her mom hasn't come to Ethiopia she was supposed to come with like basically all the big items for the baby so because she had this kid early her due date wasn't for another two weeks they have to like scramble and go get more baby supplies so Binyam and his sister go out and they get like you know just like a little baby bed one of those soft beds that has a handle on the side and a bathtub and he's like, oh, I'm just like, 
you could tell he's so worried because he's worried that Ariella is not going to think that this stuff is good enough, which makes me feel bad for him. And he's also really worried because, like, he he's concerned that this is going to be like a runaway bide situation, part two, that she's going to cut and run with that son and go back to the States like his first wife. And I just, I feel really, really badly for Binyam because I feel like he's trying I feel like imposter syndrome is setting in. He doesn't feel like a good enough person and a good enough partner to her because she acts like he isn't. It just really bums me out. I do want to know, like, why he hasn't tried to communicate with the son that he, his first son. Like, is that intentional on the mother's side that she's, like, cutting off communication with them? Or is it just, like an out of sight, out of mind situation. I, I wonder, I'm curious about that. Let's move on to Kenny and Armando, I think. Oh man. You know what? They came back and gave us the feels and it was, again, another emotional journey with Kenny and Armando and Princess Hannah. So they spent the night at his family's compound and then the next day they go to pick up Hannah from school and her uh, cousins and they go back to the house and they sit Hannah down and Armando's like, I just wanted to let you know that Kenny and I are engaged. Do you know what that means? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, that means that we're going to get married and here's this ring that Kenny gave me and you're not supposed to take it off. And it's like a symbol of your love and you know, that you guys are going to get married. Um, She's like, so how does it make you feel? And she says, she's like, it makes me happy because it means that the three of us can be together forever. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, she's so sweet. Kenny hugs her and he tells her he loves her and she says, I love you back. And then Armando asks Hannah what she thinks about having Kenny as a dad or having two dads. And she's like, well, to be double the love and we're never going to separate from each other. You guys. (laughs) I can't take how sweet they all are to each other. It's too much for me. It makes me feel things. Happiness. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not used to that it, it's so sweet I love them so much I would die for Hannah she's my daughter and I would give her anything in this world that she desires she's so cute and so sweet and just so like emotionally intelligent and she gets it and she's a queen. And then they do this new, um, you know, like intro with all three of them. And baby girl is like living for the camera. She's posed up. She's giving you face. She's giving you side ponytail. And she's giving you life. And I just like, I am a Hannah Stan forever. Okay. <sighs> so then. <laughs> There's just like a quick, really funny moment where, you know, because Armando has 
a pet resort that he does with his sister. And so they go and give, you know, 15 year, however old Truffles is, 20 year old Truffles a bath. And <laughs> Armando's like, the dog's actually closer to you in dog years, but he's closer to, she's closer to me in normal years. And Kenny's like, that's not a compliment to me. <laughs> gosh they okay so Armando goes to have like a one-on-one -on -one talk with his mom and she's you know having a tough time especially with Hannah they're not really talking about Kenny it's really just more about him leaving and you know like I, I've been with you your whole life I've been with Hannah her whole life and it's just gonna be like a really tough adjustment and then she says you know I've feel like Kenny is a good person and I hope he stays that way, especially for the sake of Hannah. Like I want her to have a good parent. They're all, his, his family is all really encouraged by the fact that Kenny has kids, especially his, the has three daughters. And they're like, okay, we feel confident that he's dedicated to being a parent, dedicated to be a good father. We like that. It's really working in his favor. So then Armando asked about his dad and she's like, you know, he has to support you, but he just needs more time. Zoramondo says, you know, like, I understand that my dad needs time, but you can tell by his face that he's, like, a little bit frustrated by the situation, which he has every right to be. It's got to be a hard balance to be like, I am trying to meet my father where he's at and my parents where they're at. But it's also like, this is me. And I'm moving into a new phase of my life and I want them to be there with me. And I just kind of wish that it didn't have to be this whole long process because he deserves, he deserves to have a family that loves him and is openly supportive of him. So then they talk about him telling the whole family at once that he was engaged and she is like, you know what, honestly, I wish you had told me first privately because we kind of always had this conversation of like, if you have any big news, you talk to me about it first and then tell the whole family. And he was like, honestly, like, I didn't feel like I could do that because I thought that you might talk me out of, um, you know, telling the whole family. And I just wasn't like, I'm trying to live my life out loud here, mom. And I just didn't want you to try and talk me out of anything. Then he says, you know, like, I feel like I'm at a point where if things don't continue to go the way they need to, I'm going to have to choose between Kenny and my family. And I'm going to choose Kenny because this is my life. And I'm not going to, like, live it any differently. I'm not going to stay in the closet for the sake of having my family. And I felt that, like... I think in a larger part, it's not like, obviously he loves Kenny and he wants to live his life with him, but I don't even think like if he were anybody, it's not specifically Kenny that he's doing this for. He's doing it for himself. Kenny just happens to be the guy that he's in love with. You know what? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like he's not picking Kenny. He's, he's picking himself and he's picking the ability to be honest with himself. And live his life authentically. So now it's time for them to officially move 
they say their final goodbyes and it's really emotional. Hannah's crying. The nieces that she's grown up with that seem to be around the age, they're all crying and hugging and his sister's crying, his mom's crying. They're kind of like stalling a little bit to wait for his dad because his dad is somewhere on the compound working. Um, eventually, thank God his father comes. He hugs Armando a couple times and says goodbye to Hannah. He shakes Kenny's hand and, you know, they say I love you. And Armando's really encouraged by this whole situation and is like, that's just, I needed that. I needed him to like say goodbye to me. Because he feels like, you know, it's a larger symbol of, like, his approval or him starting to accept Armando as he is. And I love that. I love, this is like, gosh, I really can't remember a couple in all of 90 Day that has, like, an authentic... I'm rooting for you, we're all rooting for you situation. And I love it. It's a real, it's a real change. And I really, really like it. And I, like, as much as I love roasting these people for being dumbasses, like, I can't do it with them. They're not giving me any material. And I appreciate it. I really, I really do. But that's going to be short-lived. So, gosh, should we go to Tim and Melissa? Finally. Finally, some content out of this couple after having to coast on the fact that this man, you know, goes by the name of Cheese Stick to his closest friends for the past 16 episodes. Finally, they give us something to talk about. I'm going to say right off the bat that I... I'm mostly on my Lisa side, but I feel like Tim made a couple of fair points. In terms of the human condition, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So, they're in bed, and Tim's like, oh, it's nice to wake up to you, and Melissa's like, it feels good to wake up to you, too. (laughs) This woman has no ability to have, like, deep emotions. And it cracks me up. Not that Tim deserves anything out of her. Like, he deserves this robot that he's getting. But it's funny to me. So, they actually had sex for the first time in months. I think this might have been the first time since she found out that he cheated on her. And she's like, you know, it was awkward at first, but it ended up being really good, as usual. And her producer's like, oh, well, that's really a compliment to Tim. She's like, uh, no, it's a compliment to me. It was mostly because of me (laughs) Tim is so hype he's like I'm I'm just so excited about getting lucky he actually says getting lucky and he's like you know but it also means that we're getting closer to each other meaning aka it means that she's gonna stop fighting with me about this thing that I did so they go to a park they take the dogs and Tim's like, well, how are you feeling about where we are right now at this moment? And they both kind of agree that it's nice to start living like a real life together. And Tim's like, you know, I'm only, you know, maybe I'm in Columbia for a month. And because of that, like if we had issues, I would just kind of sweep it under the rug because I was like, "Uh, I only have a couple, couple weeks with her. 
so it's just not worth fighting that whole time. And it's nice that we have like a day to day real situation. We can actually work on things and we can actually see what it's like to really be with each other in a real way. And so Melissa, Melissa has uh, started to introduce the fact that maybe she, you know, spread them legs for somebody else. And she goes, did you see anybody else while we were going through our issues? And he's like, no, but I kind of like, you know, maybe there were a couple of the coworkers that I flirted with when I was at work. And she was like, what? <laughs> know where this man works like doesn't he work in computers who are all these people that he's flirting with like he's in Grey's Anatomy like what is happening at his workplace what's going on never in my life have I heard about a person flirting and you know this man practically looks like a ghost how is he finding all these people to flirt with what's happening in Texas ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Melissa says in an interview, again, that like when she left America after he cheated on her, they didn't have an explicit breakup conversation, but in her words, it was implied that they weren't in a good place, so they just weren't doing well. And she says, you know, I don't think it's fair to expect him to have not seen other people but the fact that he said that he was flirting with coworkers kind of hit a nerve with me because he cheated on me with a coworker. Completely, completely get it and agree. I don't think that Tim understood what he said to her and how triggering that would have been. And he got really defensive about it. So then he's like, it, I, I think it pings to him. Like, I wonder why she's asking me. Maybe I should ask her back. So he's like, well, have you flirted with anybody? And she's like, no, but I did see other people. And he wants to know, he was like, why did you just get on to me about flirting when you've been like fully having like kind of relationships with other people while we were on a break? And she's like, well, I was single. <laughs> and I'm like, fair. So Tim wants to know all the tea. How did you meet? How serious did it get? Did you guys, did you sleep with this person? And Elisa's like, why do you care? Cause I'm not sleeping with him anymore. I'm like, well, girl, I mean, of course he cares. <laughs> like, does he have the right to care? A little, a little. I mean, 
I, I, if he had, I just wondered like how she would have reacted if he was just like, oh, okay. You know, like, I kind of feel like she would have been like, so you don't care at all. You don't care about the fact, you know, I, I think it's clear that she like wants to piss him off. <laughs> and I love that she does because he deserves it. But I also, I think to expect him to not be upset. I, I think it's just unrealistic. It does. It doesn't add up to me. Like, if you're going to tell him that you were dating other people, you can't expect him to not ask any questions about it. Like, that's, like, come on, girl. Um, so then she's like, well, then we find out, she has, she tells production that she only stopped seeing this person that she was sleeping with a month ago. <gasps> Melissa, what? <laughs> that was a bomb drop for me. Of course she doesn't tell Tim this. This is like in an interview, but I'm like, oh, I need to know the timeline of how long Tim has been in Colombia. Even if it was a week. And I also need to know, like, at what point did he officially decide to move? And like, when did you buy the ticket? When did y'all have the conversation about him for sure moving to Colombia? Because that... Eh, Melissa, I, I mean, I feel like if you're having... Conver There's one... It's one thing to say, you know, we had this sort of implied breakup because he cheated on me. Is it a little bit of a gray area? Sure. But it's a kind of another thing if you had been having conversations about getting back together, about him making the effort and making the move to Colombia, and you're still sleeping with this guy up to a month ago. I feel like that's a little bit of a crossover, Melissa, and maybe that's why you're feeling guilty. And maybe that's why you feel like, why you had this whole conversation with your brother and your friend about you feeling bad. Because you knew he was coming back. And you were still busting it wide open for somebody else. Melissa. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I'm understanding why you're feeling guilty now. <laughs> because it sounds like there was some crossover between y'all getting back together and you still sleeping with this dude. Mm-mm-mm. So she keeps continuing to give him no information and Tim says, you know, you should have been prepared to answer questions and the fact that you aren't doesn't jive with me. <laughs> I would like Tim to never use the word jive ever again. So Melissa keeps insisting that the relationship is casual. He asks if they had sex and she's like, I'm not giving you any details. And so Tim's like, no, no, no. Did you guys have sex? Because I need to know, like, I need to know if you're out here having sex with other people. And she finally tells him, yes, multiple times. Yeah. And Tim's like, well, I feel like we were still together during that time. And there really was no clean break with us. And she's like, well, we weren't. <laughs> and Melissa's like, is this going to change things? And he's like, Yeah. Like, I know that I don't have the right to be upset, really, but I wish that you had told me this before I moved. And that, I think, 
is fair. Because if it was going to change his opinion on moving, I mean, that's a big expense. Like, I don't really want to be on his side, but I understand, like, if that was going to, if that was, like, going to be a deal breaker for you, whether it's fair or not, then, like, you should know before you move your ass thousands of miles away to be with somebody. Whether it's right or wrong, he deserved to know. And I think in the back of her mind, she had to know that he would have felt some type of way about that, right? Ooh, juicy. So then we see Tim. He basically is like, he tell, he's by himself and he starts to video chat his therapist. I think her name is Beth Ann. And he's like, you know, we haven't really spoken since she told me about this other guy. So I want to talk to Beth Ann about what happened. So he tells her what happened is like, you know, I feel blindsided. And she asked, did that set you back in terms of your resolve in this relationship? And he's like, yeah. And that he doesn't necessarily judge Melissa for doing what she did, but he is hurt. And then he says some dumb shit. He's like, you know what? I kind of feel like it's karma. And like, now I know what it feels like to be hurt. I'm like, okay, well, mm, I mean, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't cheated on her. So yeah, it is karma. But is it the same feeling as thinking that you're in a stable relationship and finding out that you're not? No, because your relationship was already on shaky ground. So you really shouldn't be surprised that maybe she sought the comfort of another. Tim says, you know, the thing about me is that I really can't guarantee that I'm not going to get upset about this again. And this was like, okay, this is some bullshit. Like, don't equate what you did to her to what she, to her having, you know, a a sexual relationship with somebody. Like, come like, come on. (laughs) That none of this, like, what you should be thinking is that, damn, I'm a dumbass and none of this should, would have happened if I hadn't done the first thing. You know? <laughs> you're you're the cause of your own chaos, cheese stick. So then we get Melissa. She meets up with her mom to talk about everything that went down with Tim and her mom, Martha, is, like, fully, obviously, Team Elisa. She's like, fuck that dude. Honestly, I don't even understand why you're still trying to be with this guy because you don't even feel like you're into it anymore. Melissa, as we know, she stopped saying I love you to Tim after he cheated on her. And he still says it to her, but she's like, you know, even now that he's here, I still feel... Like, there's something that's keeping me from saying it. And I haven't forgiven... I haven't forgiven him. And I need to do it for our relationship and mostly for myself. So that I stop having this thing hanging over me. And her mom says, you know what? The ghost of cheating is always going to follow you guys. And you just need to break up with him. (laughs) She's done. She is officially, officially done. Oh, man. Let's move on to Brittany and Yazan. So Brittany's still in Chicago, and she goes over to her sister Virginia's place to see her new niece. 
Brittany's so frustrated that she was summoned, summoned all the way to Chicago if her paperwork hadn't gone through. And she tells her sister Virginia, God, the dumbass restarts. She's like, you know, what's crazy is that Yazan's parents accept me, expect me to be married when I come back. And also for me to give a convert, an answer as to whether or not I'm going to convert to Islam or not. And her sister's like, oh, why? I'm like, because that's what you told them before you left? Like, Brittany keeps giving people 40% of the story and 40% of the truth. And everything that she does tell them tries, you know, puts her in the best possible light. And it's like, you're such a fucking liar, Camille. I, I can't deal with her. Brittany really, she just be lying. <laughs> I'm sick of it. And, but she says, oh, well, they think that because they're old school. And I just like, I don't like this. I'm really uncomfortable with the way that she talks about Yazan and his parents and their culture and their traditions and the way, their way of life is like, because it doesn't fit you and what you want to do at any given fucking moment of the day, it's like, there's something wrong with them. Like, it's really not, it is problematic. I don't like it. There's something like low key Islamophobic about it. I, and it's like, don't marry this dude then. Don't marry him. So Virginia says, you know, Brittany, you're basically like the opposite of what they want. Sounds like. And I don't think that you're ready to be any different. And it's like, great. That's like the nicest possible way you could put it. And you should listen to your sister, girl. Brittany insists that Yasin's parents are so overbearing that he can't think for himself. And if he just, you know, went away from them, then everything would be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's bullshit. Like, he is an independent man. He just doesn't want to do... I mean, he's not that independent. But he's like, he's a product of his environment. But it's also like, you only are saying this because he's not doing what you want him to do. Which is not the antidote to him, you know? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, he's so... He, he just, you know, his parents are so overbearing. But it's like, you're just, you're more overbearing. Because at least they're telling the truth. You're just a liar. So then we see Yazan meet up with his friend Muhammad. And this man is a different man from the one that we've seen. So what happened is, ever since Brittany left, his dad has gone back. He changed his mind about wanting, like, approving of this relationship. And his, bro- his friend is like, why? What happened? He's like, well, my uncle found even more pictures of... Brittany, so not just that one with her friend with her ass cheeks out, but also one where like you can see some side boob and like some other like provocative pictures. Like they're old pictures, but for some reason my dad doesn't want me to be with her and he thinks that like I'm that Brittany's playing me. And it's like his parents are like eighty percent there. <laughs> Like, the the pictures are not the reason why she's playing you, dog. But she is playing you, for sure. Um, so then, his dad also told Yuzan, like, pff, 
if you want to continue to be with her and you want to marry her, then like, bye. You know, your time's up at the fish market, the family fish market. You can't work there and you can't live in my home. So now Yazan kicked out of his home because he loves Brittany. He spent the first night with his uncle. Two nights on the street, sleeping on the street. He finally found an apartment and he's been trying to look for jobs, but he's like, <sighs> like, I just feel helpless. I feel weak. I don't have a job. I don't have my family anymore. Nobody's talking to me. And on top of that, I haven't really talked to Brittany. And the last time I did talk to her, I, you know, she was like, oh, you need to pay for my airline ticket back. You need to pay for my travel expenses. And he's like, I don't even have enough money to feed myself. And all she cares about is the fact is me paying for these plane tickets. I just feel like she doesn't care about me at all. And the worst part is like, I think my parents were right about her all along. And I've spent this whole time defending her and our relationship for what? But I still love her. And I'm like, damn, Yazan, that really fucking sucks. Cause you are now completely fucked. And you don't even have the love of this chick to make it worth it. Oof. Damn. That's the end of 90 Day the Other Way, y'all. It's heating up. It's really heating up. Alright, you guys. Have a great week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. Bye.